Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Wise rubs off on us. So if you know people who are wise, you would be wise to try and spend time with them. Wise people hang out with wise people in order to become wise. You know, Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. Wise is as wise does. One of the biggest things we all need in this life is wisdom. Wisdom is something that is needed in almost every situation and relationship in our lives. While we tend to think of wisdom as being primarily in the mind, the scripture says it must also be lived out in order to be considered biblical wisdom. The truly wise man or woman values wisdom and pursues it diligently through careful study of God's word. The apostle will contrast this with the fool who gives no place to the word of God or the place of God in their lives. The practical nature of all of this will motivate and empower us to pursue wisdom. To learn more about this, let's join Pastor Jim in Ephesians chapter 5. In the letter of Ephesians to the Ephesian church and or churches in the area of Ephesus, the Apostle Paul has been continually telling the followers of Jesus to watch out how they walk, to be very careful how they live out their lives. They are walking, supposed to be, we are supposed to be walking with Jesus, and that doesn't mean we just go and do whatever we want. Last week, we looked at the ideas of darkness and light. This week, we're going to turn to two Old Testament classic terms, wisdom and foolishness. We left off with the Apostle Paul telling the people in the church of Ephesus to to wake up, and now we're going to move to why we need to wake up, is we need to make the most of our time, and we need to understand the Lord's will. So after tonight, which I would consider more of an intro to the next section, the applications are going to be very, very practical. He's going to talk about marriage, he's going to talk about children and parents, He's going to talk about slaves and masters, or we would probably equate it for ourselves to uh, bosses and workers. So let's jump in, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So what what does that mean? Well, let's uh, borrow from a couple other versions. See then that you walk circumspectly. Some versions say carefully. Another version says pay careful attention to not as fools, but as wise. In the word of God, wisdom is, just, is not just knowing the word of God. It's actually being able to live it out. It's wisdom, if you will, in uh, the, the living of our lives. And this is a mistake the church has made repeatedly and continues to make over and over again. Many people in the church throughout the age have been made leaders and pastors based upon what they know, sadly, separately from how they live. A lot of these big church scandals are like, 
You know, how do these people get away with this? And they go, oh, but he's such a good teacher. Well, forget it. Forget it. If you don't, if you're not living the life, then you got to get out. That goes for me. That goes for anybody. But in the word of God, knowledge and practically living out it out or living the way God wants us to go hand in hand. In fact, the wise man or woman values wisdom and pursues it diligently. And that's much of the subject of the book of Proverbs. And we went through that line by line. And it's on our website. All I will warn you is it's not for the faint of heart. It's a, it's a, I love that book, one of my favorite books of all the books that we did, but uh, it, it's got some tough stuff in it. So what is the life of a fool? What is the life of a fool? Some of you say, Pastor Jim, I don't really need you to teach me that. I need you to teach me wise. I know the life of a fool. Uh, well, let's just make it very simple. It's simply put, those who do not live according to the word of God live foolishly. They're fools in God's eyes. Uh, Some might add that the height of foolishness is not believing in God and being your own God, saying you can determine your own ways. Psalm 14.1, King David, who was surrounded by his share of fools and who at time himself acted like a fool, as we all do, wrote these words. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. Now, let's be very clear on something. Some of you work with some very, very smart people. Some of you in your own family or people that you know are very, very smart. And you think, well, I don't don't really know how this applies to them. I I I wouldn't say that about them. The fool is not necessarily a stupid person. In God's eyes, a fool is a man or a woman that has decided that God will have no place in their life. They they don't want anything really to do with God and his authority. And many of them, despite what we may think, have carefully thought about it. And they often proudly display their independence from God. Proverbs 1.7 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you want to get the wisdom of God, you have to have the fear of the Lord. That that, that is the prerequisite to it. And God would say that rejecting him is foolishness. Now, it may or may not mean that they are an atheist. Many, many fools believe in God. They just disregard him. They say, oh, I believe, I believe. But, you know, he forgives everybody in the end. And doesn't he want me to be happy? And, and they have all kinds of different foolish things they might attach to that. Their worldview typically denies divine intervention or at least only divine intervention when it suits them. And certainly their worldview denies a personal accountability to God himself. They're, they're not so concerned about what God might think. Romans 1.22 says this, professing to be wise, they became fools. So a lot of these people think that they are very, very smart, that they are very, very wise, but God says they became fools. So what motivates a fool? His own heart. And, and, and sadly, I, I hate to say this, of course, not you people. You come to Bible studies on Wednesday night. You're very spiritual. But I'm talking about other people. Uh, sadly, a lot of fools are often found in churches on Sundays. 
Somebody in our congregation emailed me something from another church, five minutes from another church, that something they heard. And boy, what a bunch of gobbledygook. I mean, it was just, it was just terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Basically, the, the pastor said that, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, what happened was they started to pass the baskets around and people were putting their own food in. And that's what the miracle was, the generosity of the people. Yeah, that's pretty bad, isn't it? So, so not only are sometimes fools sitting in church, sometimes the fools are the people in the pulpit. Be very careful now. Be very careful. Any jokes about me? <laughs> Many of them have a form of godliness denying the power. Notice I can say I'm a fool. You just can't. Uh, they have a form of godliness denying the power, as the word says, and their hearts... Uh, because they are corrupt, turn to deeds that are, as he says here, and uh, David says, they are corruptible, they are corrupt and abominable. And what happens to a lot of people who would say that they're followers of God or even say that they are Christians, what happens is they often get caught up in the culture. Now, it can be the, the culture at large or it can be the culture of the church that they're at. And what happens is they often end up pushing the envelope on behavior. And when we do that, it is very, very easy for us to end up a fool in God's eyes. We may be sitting on top of the world from the world's eyes, but God says there is a fool. And this is a bit sad to me as I, as I listen to a lot of preaching that's out there because a lot of people don't want to... <laughs> go through books like the Proverbs, verse by verse, or go through the tougher sections of the Bible, is did you ever notice that in a lot of places, the church spends a lot of time warning the world? But that's not really what the Bible does. The Bible spends a lot of time warning the church. God spends a lot of time warning his own people not to become like the people of the world. So the wise follower of Jesus, and we talked about that last week, that we are light. Remember, he said we are light. We are people who are illuminated. Our hearts, our spirits, our souls, everything, our minds, everything about us is illuminated by the word of God. And because of that, we will be very careful and dare I say precise in how we live. Now, some things we've already made the decisions we're not going to do, which is good, but in other things we come upon them, we have to think, we have to ponder. And here the idea to me seems to be when he says, walk circumspectly, uh, not as fools, but as wise, that we don't go through the motions. We, we are not people that are just going through the motions of life. We put careful thought into our lives. We put careful consideration into our lives. And this type of wisdom is godly because it seeks to, to follow the word of the Lord in day-to-day -day life. It is, it is the practical outliving or outworking of that which God has taught us in his word. So how do you get it? How, how, do, how do you get wisdom? Well, Proverbs 2.6 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So... So if from his mouth comes wisdom, what do we need to read? The word of God. From his mouth, his words bring wisdom. So just sitting here, paying attention, trying to take what, what, 
what, what's being said, what's being taught, and applying it to our own lives, we get wisdom. We also get it from our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit, James 1.5, one of the great promises in the New Testament. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. There's another way that we get wisdom that I think is not particularly uh, always taken advantage of by, by members of the body of Christ. We get wisdom from certain kinds of people. Wise rubs off on us. So if you know people who are wise, you would be wise to try and spend time with them. Wise people hang out with wise people in order to become wise. You know, Forrest Gump, stupid is as stupid does. Wise is as wise does, or something like that. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Now, we're not going to do it tonight, but last fall at our youth group for middle school and high school students, four nights on this one verse. Four nights on one verse. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. If you want to be wise, walk, live, hang out with the wise. But be very careful that you understand the second part. He says, but the companion of fools will be foolish. No, that's not what he says. He says the companion of fools will be destroyed. So wise will make you wise. Hanging out with foolish people will go beyond being foolish to the point in time where you will be destroyed. Another version says you will suffer harm. You're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. You say, how in the world did you teach teenagers for four weeks on that one verse? We talked extensively about our friends. We talked extensively about how to pick friends, how to not pick friends, the kind of friends that are going to help you to be, succeed in life, and the kind of friends that are going to help you to fail in life. And no matter how old you are, that applies. That applies. So let, let us be very, very careful. Jesus, in Matthew 7, taught us that it is well worth it to build our lives on the rock of his word. Because, remember, the storm is inevitable. Verse Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, my words, and does them, so you can't just hear them and not do them. It's a problem with most of us have, right? We hear it, but we need to do it. And, and nobody's in more danger of that than a pastor, because you're like, I studied it, I taught it, I learned it, I'm ready, but you got to go do it. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall for it was founded on the rock or because it was founded on the rock. But contrast, something different. 
everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Very interesting. Both parties hear them. Both parties hear them. One does it, one doesn't. Will be like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was, it, was its fall. I believe we only had one teaching on that for the adults uh, on, a, on a Sunday morning. But remember we said both people get the, get the storm. And how we survive the so- storm or get wrecked by the storm has to do with if we've heard the word of God and we've actually put the things that we've learned in the word of God into practice. Verse 16, very critical in our day. We, we live in the age of, of distraction. I saw a, an interview on television last night where the, some guy wrote a book about saying that a lot of the guys in Silicon Valley who have, uh, are executives in a lot of these tech companies are sending their kids to private school where the technology is something called a paper and a pen because they know their very own products, what it's doing to the minds of young people. So they won't send their kids to them. They know their very own products are killing attention spans where people can read about 50 words and then that's about it. Then they're done, then they're, then they're checked out. And so they, they, they know what's going on. They know that they're programming them with addictive type qualities. And so we have to be very, very careful of that. I, I, got, I saw that, but I got right on the phone my grand, my daughter. I was like, get that phone out of my grandson's hand right now. <laughs> so very critical in our age of distraction. Redeeming the time, verse 16, because the days are evil. Well, I don't know if I have to really explain the days are evil, do we? So so redeeming the time. Another version says making the best use of time. Another version says making the most of every opportunity. Why must we do this? Why must we be careful with our time? Why must we make the most of every opportunity? Because the days are evil. Now, it's interesting. In the Bible, generally, there's two words for the word time. One is the word chronos. We get chronology or chronological. And chronos is just actual time. No, just time. The other word is, is the great word kairos or kairos. And that word for time means a specific moment in time. As we like to tell people, this is our kairos moment. This is our moment. The time is now. Stop the dilly-dallying. Stop the, you know, putzing around, whatever it is that we're doing. And, and let's, let's get to it. This is our Kairos moment. Here, the Apostle Paul is teaching all of us that wise men and women grab the moment. They grab the moment while they have it. They make the most of the opportunity because they don't want to waste the moment. Why? Because we know we can't get the moment back. Once it passes, it's gone. Interesting, this word opportunity is is from the Latin word that describes a ship taking advantage of the wind to get into port. So picture a ship out in the the bay, out in the ocean, and there's no wind. They, They have the sails up, but they're 
but they're not going anywhere. So they say, pull the sails down and they're just sitting and they're sitting and they're sitting. And then the wind comes and the captain says, let's get the sails up. Let's get into port. Can you picture the, 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 all the crew going, eh, we're not, we don't feel led. You know, we're really not so sure. You know, we're on our cell phones. <laughs> we're, we're watching TV. No, no, take advantage of that moment. Take advantage of that opportunity. Now, anyone who says that they are a follower of Jesus that you meet and says it does, and they don't think it really matters how we live and how we spend this time, how we spend our time, make sure you text them this verse. And so show them the importance of this. Notice he says, because the days are evil. Last week we said that, that they were dark. Now here's what's going on in, in the first century around this time. Christianity was, was not for a long time, or at least at the beginning, the first you know, 10, 20 years, was, was really not on the radar of the Roman Empire. It was on the radar of the Jewish leaders, and they were you know, so glad that people like Saul of Tarsus, you, they're like, you can call him Paul the Apostle, you can call him whoever you want, good riddance to that guy. So when he went up to the northern part of the Roman Empire, but, but Christianity was really not on the radar of the Roman Empire, but it is starting to get on the radar now. And, and, so, and so Paul's saying, listen, we know that the time is short, we have to make the most of the moment. We know that the Roman Empire is breathing down our neck. That's why he's in jail. He was in jail because for the last presumably three years because he had preached the gospel to them. And, and how similar to our day. In our day in the USA, the winds are changing very, very quickly. Boy, oh boy, it's amazing how fast it has turned. And the tide of Christianity in some circles seems to be going out to sea as people are really against us. And this is, you look at this and you think, boy, the, the evil one is good. Let's have the tide go out to sea and have the people not be ready by having them listen to the last 10 or 20 years of sermonettes for Christianettes to have them listen to ways that their lives can be happy, that they can realize all of their potential, that they can get everything that they want out of life. And then when people come at us, if we are uneducated in the things of God, we wilt, we wilt. We're like the little pieces of grass on the side of the driveway when the sun comes up. We just absolutely wilt. And, the, and so what are we supposed to do? One thing we must do is we must make the best use of our time. We have to be so concerned with how we use time. We have to take advantage of every opportunity. So what does that mean? You know that little voice that goes off in your head that says maybe you should say something? Just open your mouth and let God do the rest. Some of you would be like, oh, I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing. You would be amazed at what some of you know. I've been around some of you listening to talk to people. And I'm like, man, you know, they're, they're stealing my material. And the Lord's like, well, you stole it from somebody else. So, so, so really, just, just start talking because it, we want to we make the most of every opportunity while it is still day, while these opportunities are still out there. So it is so important for a follower of Jesus to identify the big 
time wasters in our lives. To really, really think about how we spend our time and relentlessly prioritize our lives and our time. Now, I know a lot of you know that I have a lot of things that are going on in my life. I constantly am reassessing my time. I would say that I do it twice a week. Every month ahead, I plan out things. I plan out every week ahead. It never turns out like I want it to. But you know what? I get the important things done. You've been listening to Changed by Love, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. Our hope and prayer is that all of our listeners would grow into committed followers of Jesus Christ. And we're overjoyed to play whatever role we can in helping you mature in your faith. Would you like to know more about us? Maybe you'd like to pass this message on to a friend or family member. If so, go to our website at www.changedbyloveradio.com. Maybe you have a question or need some guidance. We don't want to replace your pastor, but we are here to help. It's so easy to contact us. All you have to do is call, click, or write. Our phone number is 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Our email address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And our mailing address is changedbylove, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You may be surprised to know how excited Pastor Jim and the Changed by Love radio team are to hear from you. In fact, it's common for Pastor Jim to pass on your encouragement to the congregation here in New Jersey, since we consider all our listeners part of our family. That's all the time we have for today. Our sincere hope and desire is that you will join us again next time on this radio station as we continue teaching the Word of the Lord. We here at Changed by Love pray God's best to each and every one of you today. Until next time. 